Welcome to the New Day Church Message of the Week. It is our hope and prayer that you encounter the one who created you through hearing this message today. To contact us or find out more information about our events and who we are, go to newday-church.org. Thank you for listening. Speak to you the truths that he wishes to speak to you in Romans 8. Because he's speaking. And it's our opportunity, it's our joy to be able to hear. So if you recall, very first verse, I love the very first verse. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Woo, who's in Jesus? You got it? Is he, are you in him? Hey, there's no condemnation. There may be conviction, that, and that comes from the Holy Spirit. But conviction, it helps us. It takes us from where we are to where we could be, where we perhaps ought to be. As sons and daughters, God didn't create us to be slaves to addiction. He, he made it so that we could be sons of God, daughters of God. That conviction of the Holy Spirit, it helps us in this metamorphosis, this new way of thinking. As Paul continues on, he speaks of, there's basically, there's two mindsets. And beloved, I believe that the whole world fits into one or two of these categories. They're either surrendered to the Holy Spirit, following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Or they're surrendered to the flesh, following the leading of their flesh. See, uh, spirit gives birth to spirit, and flesh, well, it only brings death. Paul, he had said that the mind that's governed by the flesh, well, it, it, can only, it will only experience death. But the mind that's governed by the spirit will experience life and peace. Whew, how many of you need more life and peace? At work, how many, how many, how about in your marriage, for those of you that are married, those in your home life, in your community, how about when you're at the gas station, do you need life and peace? When you're at the grocery store, you're like, say what? That's now what? Ah, I need life and peace. That's when we walk in the spirit, that we have life and peace. There's something about knowing God's spirit and as we participate with it, as we, as we understand the Holy Spirit and how it fits into our lives, oh, beloved, it's so good. Uh, I was sharing with some friends, Holy Spirit is my best friend. He is my best friend. He is with me through thick and thin. When I don't know what to do, I go to the Holy Spirit. When I messed up as a husband, I asked Cheston for forgiveness, and I go to the Holy Spirit. <laughs> As a pastor, there's a lot of times where people come to me and they share different heartaches and challenges. And I, uh, I try my best to have the face of, you know, uh, I, you know, almost like a duck, right? On the above water, they look great. They're peaceful. They're, they're, but underwater, they're just, they're, they're kicking. They're going. And in that moment, I'll, I'll often ask, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say? Or what do you want me to do? to be led by the Holy Spirit, to have a hunger for the Holy Spirit. And that's where we pick up here at Romans chapter 8, verse 14 through 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you might live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received 
brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. Say it with me, Abba, Father. Yeah, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Whew, that's a lot to chomp on, isn't it? Let's go back to verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Do you notice how it said, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God? He didn't say those that are driven by the Spirit, those that are controlled by the Spirit, those that are manipulated by the Spirit. He said those that are led by the Spirit. And how does the Spirit lead us? Well, Jesus, when he described him, he said that the spirit is the spirit of conviction. He leads us to repentance. Jesus had said that he's an encourager. So he leads us to find hope. How does the Holy Spirit lead us? Well, Jesus had said he's an amplifier of Christ. So he leads us to have a greater revelation of who Jesus is and how Jesus fits into our life and into some of those situations. How does the Holy Spirit lead us? You know, it's interesting if you're ever wrestling with what's driving me or what's motivating me, what is it that I'm following? Uh, it's the enemy that always drives us. He tries to manipulate. He tries to push, to coerce, to condemn. That's what the world likes to do too. Don't they try to drive us? Hey, this is the new, like the, I don't know what, Apple 27,000 millionth edition is coming out this next week or it came out, or I don't know what it, like the world drives us, hey, this is gonna satisfy your life, this new cool thing on the phone that's gonna make your life so much better. What's that? Do it, what the camera is? Yeah, though, yeah, yeah, sure, I like it, I like it, yeah. Oh, I, I, we need to talk after church, I wanna hear more. <laughs> Even our flesh will drive us. The longings of our flesh, now I'm, I'm not, so I'm talking about that old, that old one, that old Christopher in Christ. Fill in your blank, that old you in Christ. It'll drive us to do things that we never meant to do, to say things that we never meant to say, to act in ways that we never meant to act. But that's the beauty of being led by the Holy Spirit. Even when we fail, even when we fall down, it's not a question of will we fall down, it's a question of will we rise back up? Proverbs 24, verse 16, it says, the righteous fall even seven times, but they rise back up. And the only way we can rise back up is by following the leading of the Holy Spirit. I was talking with my son last night, and we were, the benefits of recalculating on our, on our phones, right? How many of you like to think, well, I know better than uh, my mapping system on my phone, so I'll just take this right. And then what does it say? It says recalculating. Right? The Holy Spirit, in this season that we're in right now, he is so gracious towards us. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Did you catch that now? Isn't that interesting? For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Did it say for those that have memorized all the books of the Bible are the children of God? It didn't say that, did it? Uh, for those that are patriotic Americans are the children of God. It didn't say that. No, 
It said, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So what is it? The evidence of being a child of God is that we're led by the Spirit. And as we're led by the Spirit, we learn how to become children of God. We think the way he thinks. His ways become our ways. Children of God, sons and daughters of God. Verse 15, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you may live in fear again. Rather, the spirit that you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Oh, thank you, Lord. Sonship. Sonship. Now, for the ladies in this room, I know you're like, well, I'm not a son. I don't know how that works. Well, guess what? I'm not a woman, and I'm called the bride of Christ. So deal with it, ladies. All the men in the room, you're brides of Christ. All of the women in the room, you're sons of God. And I'm not saying this to mess around with the gender dysphoria that's going on in this world. I'm saying this, that there is a beautiful thing. And do you know why Paul chose sonship? In this, he's speaking, when he's speaking about adoption, who's the letter to? What's the letter written to? Romans. It's to people that live in Rome. The Romans had an understanding of adoption. So say, uh, uh, we'll just say this. We'll say, uh, I, uh, I was an orphan. Bill saw me, and there was something about me that he, Bill loved. And Bill said, now it had to come from the mother or the father. You couldn't be an orphan and go up to somebody and say, would you be my mother or my father? It was a, a Roman citizen that would say, I see you as my son or my daughter. And when that declaration would happen, it would, it would be as if that very verse comes to life. It's the old is gone and the new has come. I would no longer carry any of the ancestry of my previous family. I would now then fit in all of the ancestry of Bill's family. And so it's canceling out all of the identity that I had before and it's speaking into all of the new identity that has come. That's the beauty of this spirit of sonship. That we're, we're, we're pulled into something. It's speaking identity. The Heavenly Father is speaking identity over you. That you are sons and daughters of God. You're not uh, what defines you. It's not your sin. It's not your sin nature. It's not your job. It, it's not uh, your, your marital status. It, it's not what you identify as. He is saying, this is it. You are you're my children. You're my sons, you're my daughters. Sin no longer defines you. I've taken care of that. I took care of that. You're no longer an addict. You're no longer addicted to this or to that. You're no longer given over to this mindset or that mindset. No, you're my son. You're my daughter. A new creation in Christ that he puts his name on us. That we no longer get to live in fear anymore. Oh Lord. There's some of us in this room. We've been under fear. We've been letting fear drive our actions and our words, our thoughts. Forgive us, Lord. You've set us free. You've set us free. Lord, we repent of partnering with fear. We renounce its influence in our life as sons and daughters of God. We renounce its influence in our life. And with the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, we break its power. We break its power, its influence in our life. And in its place, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Come and fill us up. 
Fill us up to overflow, that place that would cause us to be given over to fear. Now speak your truths. What truths do you wish to speak to us about that situation? Holy Spirit, you're the Spirit of Christ. You guide us into all truth. Let your truth come. Thank you, Lord. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves. So that you might not, uh, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption into sonship. Oh, beloved, uh, Cheslin and I were part of this uh, retreat we would host every now and then in a previous church. And what they would do is they would take kind of like their big life center, their fellowship hall, and they would set up a maze. And they would pick these, these kids that were part of the retreat. They would wear blindfolds. And they would have other people that would be there. And they had to try to learn which voice was this voice of the Holy Spirit. And there was a person that was there that was talking like the flesh. There was a person that was there that was talking like Satan and his goons. There was a person there that was talking like the world. And there was a person there that was talking like the Spirit of God that was speaking to them like a child. Not to demean them, not to belittle them, but as if they were a precious child. Could you picture that? Could you imagine being blindfolded and having these four or five different voices around you and you had to understand because you were being led by them, would take a right, take a left, you know, don't. And that as they're walking through, they're having to decipher what's the voice that they can trust. That's a little bit of what we walk through in this world right now, isn't it? What voice can we trust? The voice of the Holy Spirit. So sometimes we wrestle with, well, how do we know that's the voice of the Holy Spirit? Well, one easy one is, is it causing you to become a slave to sin? If that voice is causing you to become a slave to sin, that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. If that voice is a voice of condemnation, that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. If that voice is a voice that's belittling you, that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. You've been brought into this adoption, into sonship. And we cry out, Abba, Father, Aramaic Abba, meaning Daddy or Papa. The beauty of being able to call God Abba, Daddy or Papa. Now for us, we probably have heard this message many times. We've probably read this scripture verse. But to the, the people that he's sending this to, it's the very first time that they've heard that we can have such an intimate name for God. This all-powerful, like spoke everything into existence, God of wrath, God of love, all those other things, the ways that we've known him, here it's, it's saying it's as simple as daddy or as uh, papa. Caden, just uh, a couple weeks, I wasn't feeling well. I was fighting a little bit of a bug. I, it's my joy to be able to get the, the, uh, my girls' lunches packed and then Chloe goes off to school with Cheslin, and I, would, I walk Caden to the, to the bus stop, uh, along with Bailey, which I know is a funny thing, because uh, Bailey's like this miniature, she's like a glorified cat. She's, like a, she's a dog, it's like a, a 10 ounce or a 10 pound poodle, you know, like a big dude with a big beard with a little poodle. Insert joke here, right, you know? Uh, but I'm walking down, and Kaden, for some, she just really loves it. She's in sixth grade. It's a tender age. I wasn't feeling good on that day, and I was like, Kaden, is it okay if I just stay back with Bailey? I'm not feeling the best. And she kind of turned her back to me, and was like, yeah, it's okay. And I'm like, you know what? I actually feel a whole lot better, honey. I think, I think I'm going to go with you. 
let's, let's go down to the bus stop together. Okay. There's something about that daddy, to know God as your daddy, to know him as your papa, to know that he knows your tears, to know that he knows your heart, that you can trust him in the most vulnerable place. Abba, Father, Papa, Daddy. I don't know about you, but that was one thing that was hard for me to learn. So I had brokenness with my dad, my earthly father. And I kind of projected that brokenness towards our heavenly father. When I was the prodigal that came home, I could understand Jesus and his heroics, right? I can get my mind around the Holy Spirit is there, especially growing up as a Star Wars nerd. I'd be like, Holy Spirit's force. Okay, I get that. You know, like, not exactly. But I, like, in my mind, I could get my mind around the idea of Holy Spirit. But to have a heavenly father that loved me, that was ridiculous about me. That was passionate and fierce in his love towards me that had plans beyond how I could plan, that his desires were for me, that I was the apple of his eye, that I was his affection. It was so far from me to understand. I remember there's times where he, keep, he kept putting people in my life, even when I was a prodigal, my high school head, my, the head coach, he, was a, he loved Jesus. And he would often take time to single me out when he knew that I was going through such sorrow with uh, the, my parents' divorce and the separation and being uh, a kiddo in a single family home and going through the ups and downs of that and finding identity in broken things. And he would just take me up, uh, Coach Swanson, he would, he would make time. My, my middle school band teacher, Mr. Cruzy, uh, there was like, we had like 10 trumpets and no tuba. And he had said, well, you'd be about third chair trumpet, but you could be first chair tuba. I'm like, let's go. All right. That sounds cool. But he took extra time with me. And I know now that he... So he loves the Lord and he could see the wounds that I had. And God used him in mighty ways to speak in that fatherly voice. I can see it. Can you see it in your life? Even if you've had broken relationship with your father, can you see how God has put these different fatherly figures? I remember there was one time where, oh, it was one thing down in Kansas City. It was a young adult conference and this was when I was a young adult. And uh, we were there, I think it was 2001, maybe 2002, uh, Bartle Hall was packed. There was thousands and thousands of young adults and then people thinking they were young adults. Uh, we were there and uh, they, uh, the Vikings just lost just before the conference started and they, because of their loss, they didn't make it into the playoffs, right? I leave it to the Vikings to, to let me down one more time. That's my team, woo! Uh, but so I'm going into this conference with a really poor attitude and I'm wrestling with rejection. I'd had a, a bad conversation with my father before coming. And that just kind of sits there, doesn't it? And now all of a sudden, the worship's happening and the, the whole room just comes alive like this morning. Guys, great job with worship today. That was so, it's fun when the whole room comes alive. Worship's never meant to be a spectator sport. We're, we're meant to be all in. And he's worth it. And you're worth it too. 
as you step into it, there's a rewiring, there's a renewing of your mind, there's a, a new way that you see yourself. So here I am at this conference and uh, the worship's happening. And then I finally kind of start connecting with God. I get over the Vikings loss and I move past the disappointment with my dad and the conversation. And, and I just remember worshiping. I had my arms up and I was, I was all in. And as I was doing that, I actually felt like something was vomited out of me. Something uh, just icky, like it felt gross. It, was, it came out of me. And then I had felt as if like the love of the Father just came and covered me. It just oozed all around me. And as I was like, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't normally happen. As I look back at it now, I could see how I was delivered from uh, that spirit of rejection. I was delivered from an orphan spirit. And then what came? That spirit of adoption. That spirit of sonship came and it filled me up. That happened then for me and it's changed the trajectory of my life. Like there's times where I don't understand how I can be loving and caring like a father when I had such brokenness with my dad. Now I praise God at the, towards the end we had a chance to, to have the hard talks and to get things out in the open. We didn't cover everything, but we covered almost everything. And I'm thankful we were able to be restored to that I could freely forgive and freely be forgiven. And all of those, those hurts, like the layers of an onion, you know, were peeled back one at a time. But there's something about that, that spirit of adoption, that spirit of sonship. That we cry out, Abba, Father, and he's there. Faster than I had a change in my heart towards my daughter, Caden, he's there. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Verse 16. Do you ever wonder why that's there? Why did Paul put that there? He's talking to Romans, but Paul was a Jew. In Deuteronomy 17, verse 6, it says that in a court of law, to have something established, you must have at least two or three witnesses. If you don't have two or three witnesses, then the, then the whole thing is thrown out. So what is he saying here? He's saying that there's two witnesses to you being a child of God. It's the testimony of the Holy Spirit declaring that over you. And that's the testimony of your spirit. It's, it's your testimony. There's two witnesses that have been established that if the court of law had happened, I am a child of God because of the testimony that I have and the testimony of what the Holy Spirit says about me. I am a child of God. Well, doesn't that help? When the enemy sitting me, 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 you're not a child of God. Me, 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 me. Me, 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 me. No, I am. I am a child of God. My spirit says so, and the Holy Spirit says so. I am a child of God. Verse 17, now if we are children, then we are heirs. Ooh, Mark, is getting really good. Then we're also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we would also share in his glory. Now this idea of the sufferings, yes, that speaks into what we could be walking through now. That because we're followers of Christ, there is an enemy. There's an enemy of all mankind. 
And he sure does like to bring suffering. Just know this, God is not in this mood to bring suffering to you. So God is good. And the enemy is bad. The enemy can never be good. And God can never be bad. But there's sufferings that happen in this world, right? We, we know, we see it. I believe this is speaking into something greater. That we actually, because we've been crucified with Christ, right? Galatians 2.20. Crucified with Christ. That we no longer live, but that Christ lives in us. So the life we live in the body, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave his life for us. That we've been crucified with Christ. We, are, we have been crucified with him. We have carried in that suffering. And we've been raised up into his glory. That his victory is our victory. That his glory becomes our glory. But that we become co-heirs. Do you remember the rich young ruler? Luke chapter 18, verse 18. This rich young ruler went up to Jesus and said, What must I do to inherit? Mm-hmm. What must I do? This is saying it's not about doing. If you remember, Jesus, he was asking the wrong question. He, he should have said, who must I be? Here, it's saying that as a son of God, as a daughter of God, you've got this inheritance. And do you work for your inheritance? No, your inheritance has already been, it's been paid for, it's been covered, it's, it's now available. But the rich young ruler was, what must I do? What must I do? And Jesus, if you remember what he had said to him, he said, you got to give away everything, sell everything, and then come and follow me if it's about doing. But here is about being. We get it all. As we learn to be sons and daughters of God, we get it all. We get it all. And it's not just when we step into eternity. We get it all. That we have this inheritance. And that we become co-heirs with Christ. Like I know all of you in this room are ridiculously cool and awesome. But none of you have done anything to be cool enough to be a co-heir with Christ. Me included, right? But that's what we are. We're co-heirs with Christ. That his inheritance is our inheritance. Whoo! That's ridiculous. Think on that. That's just, that's... It's beyond, like some of you are like, I don't even know if I can think about that. And it's true. It's beyond what we can comprehend. Can you comprehend the inheritance of heaven? Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we would also share in his glory. As we wrap up, there's really, there's three things that kind of hit me. The first is living by the Spirit means that we live as a child of God. How's, how's your walk with the Spirit? Do you welcome Him in when you get going in the day? Before I brush my teeth, I invite the Holy Spirit to come and join me. He can handle bad breath. Living by the Spirit means living as a child of God. A child of God. I thank you, Lord. Hmm. The next thing is two witnesses. Our testimony and the Holy Spirit. 
That when you may feel attacked, your identity is feeling attacked, to be reminded that your spirit, which is the beautiful thing, what it says is that our spirit hears from the Holy Spirit. So the very most highest place of who you are, your spirit, is where three things, we're spirit, soul, and body. So your spirit is connected with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit declares that you are a son or daughter of God. And you, yourself, there's two witnesses to this truth. Then lastly, the benefits and even the responsibilities of being children of God. I love the benefits. The benefits, uh, I didn't even realize they were this good. I had a friend that was talking to me about how he worked in Quick Trip when he was going through college and the benefits were so good that after he graduated, he just stayed with Quick Trip, you know? I didn't realize that the benefits of being a son of God is this good. His benefits. The way that he wants to move in our lives, his benefits, but then the responsibilities that we get to join with him in sharing the kingdom of God. That it's not over when we said yes to him. That just gets us on the the game board. And now we get to join with him. Like Jesus had said, you'll do the same things I did and even greater. Woo, come on, who wants the even greater? Like, right, come on. Hey, uh, Kristen, you, you said we got to raise a dead woman to life. And like people in the room were like, did that for real happen? Like, did, did we just, hold on. Did she say they raise a dead woman to life? I don't know about that. That we get to do the same things he did and even greater. How many of you, love the idea of being on an adventure with him, that he's called us to adventure, that if your Christian life is boring, I don't know if you're living a Christian life. He's got so much more for us. So I guess I want to close with this. What's Jesus saying to you? That, that, these are what I was saying to you, but what, what is Jesus saying to you? As you've had a chance to be here this morning during worship and during that, that time of ministry and in this message, what is it that he's saying to you? One thing that I loved, and I shared this with my friend Devante yesterday, Jesus, when he was prophesied by Isaiah 500, no, 700 years before Jesus came, Isaiah, he had said that Jesus will be a wonderful counselor, an almighty God, a prince of peace, and an everlasting father. Everlasting father. There's something about identity, about knowing the Father and letting the Father speak over you. So I have some friends that I'd ask to come up and to be to stand the gap as a spiritual mother or a spiritual father. So if you could, Gary, come on up here. Uh, Lee, uh, you're, you're up here. Sarah's here. If you could please come on up here. Yes, Cheslin, if you'd please come on up here. Uh, Pastor Adam, please come on up here. We wanted to take the moment to just have a space. The way that I was able to sit with Mr. Cruzy in the band room, and he was like a father speaking over me, we wanted to take time to have a space where you could be with Gary or with Cheslin and have a, a spiritual mother or a spiritual father in this house be able to speak over you, to bless you, to speak identity over you. Uh, to maybe it's as simple as just being loved and hugged by a spiritual mother or a spiritual father and, and just the desire that they're for you. And they are. 
Like all of these, aren't they amazing? All of these are for you. They're so for you. It's ridiculous. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we, we welcome you to come and speak to us. We thank you, Lord, that we're no longer slaves to sin. You have taken that yoke of slavery and you've broken it. Like a baseball player with a broken bat over his thigh, you broke that yoke of slavery. We've been set free. Now help us, Lord, to be able to receive that spirit of sonship, to be able to receive that spirit of adoption. That today would be that day to experience even more of the love of the Father, a perfect love to a son, to a daughter. Come, Lord. We cancel out that spirit of rejection. We cancel out that orphan spirit by the power of the blood that was shed on the cross. We see you and we tell you, you must go. You have no place here. You have no place with the children of God, with the sons and daughters of God. In its place, we welcome you, spirit of sonship, spirit of adoption, to come. Lord, I don't pretend to know everybody's story in this room, but I know that you do. And I know that you know the ones that need to come forward, to have the courage to come forward and just to be prayed for, to receive a blessing. Maybe there's something we need prayer for, so maybe it's something that we say, hey, I need prayer for this. Whatever that might be, we welcome you, Lord. Come and minister mightily in this. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we close, we have Financial Peace University that's today at 11 o'clock. Also really excited, Lee and Sarah, are uh, they're hosting a new home church fellowship that's meeting in their house tonight at 5.30. Uh, they live uh, just in between here and Montgomery. So if you'd like to plug in with a, a home church fellowship, is really that's exciting. Uh, and then also First Step Home Church Fellowship meeting at Joe and Jean Nadeau's house. That meets tonight. Uh, 5.30 at uh, Lee and Sarah's and uh, 6.30 at Joe and Jean's. Would you receive this blessing? And then I'm gonna ask that you would please let this place stay kind of uh, a place of reverence. Uh, please converse, but do that out in the lobby. Have a chance to talk out in the lobby. Uh, I wanna challenge you though. I know there's people in here that need to meet with God the Father. And today is a special day. It's a sweet day just for you. And I believe that you can do it, that you have the courage to do it. And this is a day of breakthrough. Receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that you, the sons and daughters of God, would truly be all that you're meant to be so that you can do all that you're meant to do. Uh, that you do that with his peace, with his favor, with his abundance. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen. Be blessed and be blessed. We pray that you received encouragement and impartation as you heard this word today. Connect with us on Facebook and at newday-church.org. Thanks again for listening to this message.